Well, Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the year the Lord has made. Glory to God. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. We're in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. They're thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you an expected end. So God has some thoughts concerning your life. And he said those thoughts that he thinks towards you are thoughts of peace and not evil. Never in God's mind is evil. Never in God's thoughts is evil. His thoughts are good thoughts towards you. The Amplified Bible says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans of, for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. I'll read it again. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for your welfare or for your good and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. So God has plans and purposes for each of our lives. God had a plan for you. God had a plan before you were born. In fact, the scripture says God chose you in him before the foundation of the world. So God's plan for you goes way back. God goes all the way back to the foundation of the world. So God had a plan for your life when you were born. God had a plan for last year. God had a plan for this year. Hallelujah. Or has a plan for this year. But he had it way before this year. God's thoughts towards you and God's plans for you are not evil. Evil days come. Evil things may happen. But that's not God's plan. That's not God's thoughts. That's not God's way. That's not God's will. There's evil in this world. And sometimes we are confronted with it and we face it. But it didn't mean that God planned it that way. Simply means that you have a devil in this world. There's a God of this world. There's uh, spiritual wickedness in this world. There's evil in this world. And so sometimes we face evil things. And it originated with sin and with the devil. It came from hell. But God. Somebody say, but God. God interrupted man's sin in the person of Christ. God interrupted humanity's dilemma. God interrupted this evil that was in this world. God interrupted it, and he destroyed the sin problem. Jesus 
it says, took on a body of flesh and blood in Hebrews 2. Took on a body of flesh and blood and went through death and destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. He went through death and destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus has already gone through anything you're going through. I said, Jesus has already gone through anything you're going through. Jesus has already faced any evil that you're facing in your life or have faced in your life or may face. Jesus has already faced it. He was tempted on this earth. In this earth, it says he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted in all points, in all ways, all different uh, ways of temptation. The devil uh, uh, comes against an individual's life. Jesus has already faced it. And he faced it all the way to death. And he went through death. He went into the depths of the earth. He went into hell itself. He faced even hell for us in our place. So he has faced everything that you'll ever face. It said he went through death and destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Verse 15. Destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. And delivered those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus has gone through everything that you'll ever go through, and he has delivered you. Colossians 1 and verse 13 says, Who hath delivered us, past tense, hath delivered us. This is not in my notes, but we're here anyway. Hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So he's delivered us from the power and the authority of darkness, and he's translated us into a kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14 there says, in whom we have redemption. In whom we have or possess redemption. Redemption means that Jesus redeemed us. We have a Redeemer. Our Redeemer lives. Hallelujah. He's already gone through it. I said he's already gone through it. He's already redeemed us from it. He's already delivered us from the devil and already delivered us from the kingdom of darkness. He's already delivered us from the kingdom that Satan rules in. Even though there are two kingdoms in this world, there's a kingdom of Satan and a kingdom of God. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. You've been delivered from the devil who is the God of this world. You've been delivered from sin. You've been delivered from the powers of hell. You've been, you've been delivered and you've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. In whom or in him or in Christ we have redemption. Redemption. He went through it for you. He redeemed you from it. Hallelujah. Redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So if there's sin involved, thank God there's repentance that's a, uh, that can be made and there is forgiveness that can be extended. 
Hallelujah. So God said, I have some thoughts. I have some plans. I have some purposes for your life. And those thoughts and plans involve peace. So be led by peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be led by peace. Not by the evil that surrounds you. Not by the things that are coming against you. Not by the things that are pressing in upon you. No, be led by peace because peace is going to get you where you need to go and where God wants you to be. Hallelujah. So I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for your welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. So where there's lost hope, there's restored hope. Hallelujah. I said where there's lost hope, God can restore your hope. If you've lost your peace, thank God God can restore your peace. If you're in a place of confusion, thank God God can clear it up. Hallelujah. God can give you peace and he can give you clarity and he can help you to know and understand what his plan is for your life. I cannot go from yesterday. Yesterday is already gone. I can only go from here. I can only go from the point I am right now. I cannot start over last year. I can't start over. No, I have to start from right here and know the plan of God from right here and the purpose of God from right here and walk it out from today because yesterday is gone and you might as well forget the past because it's already passed. It's already gone. Thank you, Jesus. So God has a plan. God has a purpose, but how will we know what that purpose is? The next verse tells us how. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. God has promised that he will hear you, he will listen to you. He said, then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me. Seek and you shall find Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Praise the Lord. Now he says, seek me and you shall find. When you shall search for me with all your heart. In other words, when you give your heart to God and you seek God and you search for God and you pray unto God. In other words, you're not, it's not like God is lost or anything. It's just that we need to get a little closer to him to hear his voice. Praise God. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And if he draws near to you, there's something going to open up to your eyes and your ears and your understanding. And revelation is going to come and an understanding of the will of God and the plan of God is going to come to you and you can know what to do from here. You can know what to do from this day, this point in your life. Where do I go from here because yesterday is gone and should be forgotten and you need to press on to what God has in store for you. So prayer is essential. 
Seeking God is essential. If it were all automatic that we would always, all, always know what the will of God is and the plan of God is, then we would always be able to walk it out pretty simply. But we must seek Him and search for Him with all our heart and pray. Call unto God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And God doesn't text. He said, call unto me. When technology comes into existence, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't make a difference in the way God communicates. He may use it, but he wants you to call to him. Oh, for... For some in our generation, some people don't even make calls anymore. They just text. And so the generation before, like grandpa or grandma, they're like, the grandkids won't call me. (laughs) Why does the grandpa or grandma want? the grandkids to call because they want to hear your voice. The kingdom of God is voice activated. They want to hear your voice. God wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice and your voice expresses your heart and when you express your heart to God and you extend your heart to God and say God I want to know your will I want to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding open my eyes open my ears open my understanding then God responds he hearkens and he begins to work in you so that you can know what the will of God is Turn with me to Philippians. We'll go to Philippians chapter 3. Verse 12. The Apostle Paul writing here said, Not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect. Is anybody in the room that could agree that's your status today? It's not as though we've already attained. We've not already arrived. Either we're already perfect, but I follow after. He didn't end it there. He said, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ. I follow after if that I may apprehended that for which I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible as well. Not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect. But I press on to lay hold of or to grasp and make my own 
that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. I pressed on to lay hold of or grasp to make my own that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. So God, from the beginning, had a plan. God had a purpose. And God apprehended you. How many are glad God apprehended you? You were on a, a trail, a path that was not for your good. It was for destruction. But God apprehended you. God laid hold of you. God spoke to you. God enlightened you. God opened your eyes to see Jesus. And you called on the name of Jesus. And you were saved, born again. And it changed your life. It changed your course. So God laid hold of you with a purpose. He put his hand on you with a purpose. But he said, now I press to lay hold and make my own that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me and made me his own. So I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with our spirit and our body which belong to God. So he says, you belong to him now. You've been purchased by God. God has purchased your life. You don't belong to yourself. So if you don't belong to yourself, your decisions need to be made with someone else in mind. That's God. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. So we need to listen to Holy Spirit and say, what do you want for my life? What do you want for me this year? In 2023, what do you want me to do? How do you want to direct and guide my life? And what do you want me to pursue? And how am I to know that unless I press or I seek to know? I press, not that I've already arrived. Christianity is not a place where you have arrived. In other words, you... Get to this point in your spiritual growth and you've arrived now. You don't need to keep growing. No, you got to keep growing. In order to keep growing, you got to keep going. You've got to keep pressing. And if, you gotta, if you're going to reach the mark or reach the prize or reach the things that God has for your life, then you're going to have to press for it. Unfortunately, there are things that are pressing against you. There are things that are pressing uh, the other way or trying to press you to not press or to get you just too busy to press. Get you occupied with life and the things that you're doing and not press into God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these, what, things 
shall be added unto you. So God is interested in you being blessed and enjoying God's best, but he wants you to seek first the kingdom of God. Prioritize God. Prioritize uh, prayer. Prioritize time with the presence of God or in the presence of God and make that a priority in your life. Make the word of God a priority in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Don't ever get too busy that you can't prioritize God and His Word and prayer. So he says, I follow after, I make my own that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me and made me His own. So when you're pressing in and you lay hold of something, you get, get hold of the will of God or the plan of God or the purpose of God or get hold of Jesus. God's grace is God's grip on you. And faith is your grip on God. I'm thankful today, and I think you would be as well, that God's grip on you is greater than your grip on him. God has already arrived. God has already been perfect. He's never been imperfect. He's already arrived to the ultimate. God is God. So he's not having any problems that he can't handle. And his grip on you is stronger than your grip on him. It's like a little child. If you're walking a child across the street or in a place of uh, a parking lot or something where uh, there could be danger. You're holding on to their hand and they're holding on to your hand. But your grip on them is stronger than their grip on you. And you're more watchful. That's why you're holding on to them. You're more intuitive. You're more knowledgeable about what is possible in the negative. How they could be harmed. So therefore, you're holding on to them. And your grip on them is greater. And if you saw something that was danger, then your grip would get stronger. Right? God knows everything that you will face or are facing right now. And his grip on you is greater than your grip on him. And if it feels like you're slipping in your grip, thank God he didn't let it slip. Hallelujah. He held you when you couldn't hold yourself. He took hold of you with a divine destiny and a divine purpose. And God's grip on you is greater than your grip on God. And just because you don't feel like you have a grip doesn't mean you don't have a grip. Hallelujah to Jesus. But you just keep pressing and laying hold of. Thank you, Jesus. The plan of God or the purpose of God. 
God's grace is sufficient for you. Hallelujah. And you're in the Father's hand. And he said, no man can pluck you out of my hand. Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I don't count myself to have apprehended or already arrived, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So when you're at a new place or new season and a new year in your life, you want to press. You want to say, I haven't arrived. I haven't come to the end of my journey. I've not arrived at where God wants to take me, so therefore I want to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And in order to do that, there's one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind. You need to put your behind in the past. Hallelujah. That came from the Lion King. In other words, you need to let go of the past in order to reach forth unto the future of what God has for you. You have to let go in order to reach. That means I got to trust. That means I got to believe. When you drove here this morning, you drove in a car or truck, and it had a big windshield in front of you, and it had rearview mirrors that are much smaller than the windshield. The reason the windshield is much bigger and larger is because what in, what's in front of you is where you're going. What's behind you is where you've been. So you need to keep your eyes primarily on where you're going. The only reason you look back is to say, I learned from that one. I'm not going that way again. Praise God. I, I learned from my mistakes, but thank God. If you learn to forget those things which are behind, you say, well, but pastor, I sinned. Well, thank God there's forgiveness with God. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive your sin and to do what? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And there are many scriptures, but I'll give you one. Hebrews 10, 17 says, And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He won't even bring it up. He won't even, he won't even remember your sin. When you ask forgiveness and receive God's mercy and grace, God doesn't bring it up anymore. He has forgotten it, and he wants you to forget about it as well because you can't reach forward in confidence. 
if you're looking back at your past failure and your past sin, but thank God there is forgiveness with God. There's mercy with God. And the grace of God is such that God forgives your sin, but he doesn't only forgive it. He eliminates it and he says that it is gone and it doesn't even exist anymore thank God and he has forgotten about it and he's not going to bring up your past so we know who might be doing that so the devil he'll bring up your past and try to hound you about your past right and tell you what you did wrong or where you failed and where you missed it and how you didn't do this and you should have did that or you should have done that but thank God for the mercy and the grace of God you forget those things which are behind and you press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God which is in Christ Jesus your failures are not going to make you a success come on you learn from your failure and you say God I'm looking unto Jesus he is the author and the finisher of my faith and I believe that if I press on that you will help me to finish I'm confident that he that has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ until the day that Jesus comes for his bride his church God is working in you I'm confident he that has begun a good work will complete it he'll bring it to full completion he will finish it if you'll just keep pressing if you'll keep looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross you were his joy I said you were his joy the joy that was set before him he endured the cross despising the shame but because of the outcome, because of what it would accomplish, he was willing to go all the way to the cross. He was willing to die. He was willing to shed his blood. He was willing to give it all. He was willing to lay it all on the line. He was willing to pour out his soul into death. He was willing to go into hell itself. He was willing to go all the way, believing that God God the Father would justify humanity and he would pull not only Jesus out of hell but he would deliver us from hell he would deliver us from Satan he would deliver us from the powers of darkness he would deliver us from Satan's Satan's plots and plans he would deliver us thank God God has not finished what he started in your life and if you're still here there's still a plan there is a purpose and God is going to perform it except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it except the Lord keep the city the watchman waits in vain but if God is building the house God will build the house. Jesus will build his church. And Jesus will build your life. And Jesus will keep your life. God will keep you. He will preserve you to his everlasting kingdom. And he will finish what he started in your life. So lay hold to what God laid hold of you for. There is a plan, there is a purpose, and it's a good plan. It's not evil, it is good. God has a good, 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 good plan for your life. 
Something good is in your future. Something grand is in your future. Something full of light is in your future. Something full of life is in your future. Something God has already planned for your life that he's going to fulfill and he's going to make good his word and his promise to you what he said he will do. Hallelujah. He'll bring it to pass. God is the performer. Not you, not me. It's God who is the performer. You're simply the believer. You just put your hand in God's hand. You just put your heart in God's hand. You just put your life in God's hand. And you say, God, I'm trusting you that what you've begun and started in me, you're going to finish and you're going to bring it to pass. You're going to finish it till the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let him hear your voice right now, right now. <laughs> Glory to God. God, we seek you, we search for you with all our heart, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.